Have you had your inner health plus today? Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast. We're here to talk about football. <laughs> Not health. Funny. Funny that. Um, we'll just get straight into it, I reckon. Did a big intro last week, so no need for one this week. Uh, Tommy's on the other side of the interwebs, as usual. Uh, lockdown over there, buddy. How you doing? Yep, coming to you live from Casa del COVID. Uh, in the idyllic Westlakes, for sure. Just Ooh. enjoying watching everyone have fun in, in my lake at the moment. Well, your well, lake? Up. Your it lake. is my lake. Yeah, definitely. While you uh, I can away like, a, yeah. like a princess in a tower. Oh, that's a good descriptor. I should yeah. get up on the balcony and yeah. lower my COVID-infected. Lower, lower your locks. <laughs> lower your locks down. Um, do you want to jump straight in and talk about the uh, OG derby? We had two of them in a week. We briefly talked last week on a little one about the FFA Cup game where we just kind of rambled nonsense like we always do. Uh, should we do that again, but for the I game that was on the weekend? I thought we made some really well-constructed points considering you know, we didn't watch the whole thing and we also didn't watch the whole thing of this one. And I feel like well, we're going to have just, just, to, as, just a just, critical analysis. That's just to be clear of, there, just to be yeah. clear there, I was Please. at the game last week, so I did see the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was speaking just for me then. I guess I'm this the one week, that's not putting the work in. Yeah, this week, obviously, uh, very different uh, different schedules. It was tough to tough to catch a minute of footy. I saw most of the second half. Um, what have you got for us? Uh, utter, utter disdain for the referees, the VAR, the Melbourne Victory crowd. You know, just the regular stuff that comes out of the OG derby. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Uh, we're going to disagree on some points, I feel, definitely. Throughout yeah, this. we did. Yeah, um, we did. Sure. <laughs> we'll make it as heated as we possibly can. Uh, no, we will not. Um, no, nothing manufactured, though. I may take yeah, it yourself. At the end of the day, uh, it's a point away to the top side, mm-hmm. I guess. No. Yep, no, we agree yeah. on that. I was pretty stoked. I, I think we said in the Wednesday pod, I was cautiously optimistic that we could get something out of that. And to actually come away with a point, I think, is a massive result for us, to be honest. Yeah, I'll take it for sure. Uh, I did have (laughs) – my confidence uh, can be seen in my bet slip where I had (laughs) Melbourne victory minus two. I needed Melbourne victory to win by three for my bet, but um, I'm I'm glad they didn't uh, win at all. We'll take the draw. Uh, A little bit to like, a lot to not like. Again, just another Adelaide performance where we don't really create – we kind of create half chances here and there, I guess. It looked like yeah. there was definite direction to take more shots, but just because we took more shots doesn't mean we did any better in front of goal. There was an insane amount of shots off target in this game from both teams until the last 10 minutes where it all lit up. Yeah, just like the entire game, uh, one shot on target from each side <laughs> in a one-all draw. Yeah. Um, but there was Melbourne Victory had 15 shots to our 10. So very, very off target. Uh, maybe we should uh, get Blackwood in around there. He, uh, he'll do good. Blackwood, a man known for taking the, uh, the guilt edge chance. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there was a moment during the game, once again, so we talked about during the FFA Cup game, I think we ended up with, for a little while, we had Coletti and Cavallo as the two oh, up yeah. front. Playing up top, yeah. We had a period in this game where uh, it was just Coletti. He was up there as like a, a nine or a false nine or something. A false, um, a false six playing up top. The little midget was up there 
Um, <laughs> I guess just taking up space, uh, having a yeah. defender mark him, I guess. But Being a menace. Menace yeah. mentality. I don't know how menacing Joe Coletti is as a striker. <laughs> I would worry about my ankles around him, and that's about it. He works. Yeah. And, I mean, there's, you know, there's maybe one really, ta- you know, ta- tactical deployment that you could do with him up top, and that's just to basically chase. And that's what we did, I suppose, in the FFA Cup game, where our pressing intensity was what really brought them undone. There was a little bit less of that, I thought, in this game. Um, Melbourne just looked undercooked at the moment. Why are we? Why were we even in this game? We had flurry of injuries, and I don't know. They never. Re- it just apart from that D'Agostino absolute bullet, there wasn't too many times they cut us open and looked like they were going to score. Yeah, for sure. They didn't look very dangerous. Uh, it took the dagger bullet, like you said. Great goal, by the way, D'Agostino. Great goal. The yeah. guy who he barely got a touch in the game previous at Highmarsh during the week. But then this one, uh, I don't. He didn't look super good or like dangerous. He just had that one chance where he just made the most of it. Banger. Um, yeah, chalk that one down to just good goal. Yeah, but Melbourne overall didn't look like they were killing us. They didn't look overly dangerous. Uh, the downside, I guess, at the other end, we don't look overly dangerous either. But it did feel like we were the one that. It all, it did feel like we were on our way to getting an equaliser if we just mm. take one. Uh, and we did equalise twice. Yeah, twice. I mean, it always takes two when you uh, come up against some teams in this league, as West Sydney found out against uh, Melbourne City. But uh, I just... Are we going to talk about the disallowed one first? Yeah, let's do it. I don't know. How... You tell me what you think, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. I mean, you... Okay. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think because Mork has genuinely played at the ball in that first phase, he's onside coming through to try and meet the initial cross. When he is in the second phase, which is when Yavi uh, dispatches it into the top corner, he's immobile. He's not, he's not a factor in the play. So I guess the only thing you can chalk it down to is instruction or um, is impeding the goalkeeper. And that's where I just I, that's where I think maybe the the definition that they're working by of impeding isn't spot on because impeding means like to hinder, and to hinder somebody you have to be in action. You can't just you can't just be in a mobile guy laying on the ground, uh, affecting someone who has full mobility. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So as soon as this went in, I suspected it would be called off for offside. I called offside, and I think it is. The correct call. Um, the wording, like you said, the impeding, I guess what's catching people is um, I guess you can only make assumptions about whether or not the keeper would have saved it or not. How much was he actually impeded? Um, I guess Mork comes through and he kind of has to, he has to jump over Mork. Uh, whether if Mork, if he didn't have to do that, whether he would have had time to like, get in a better position and save it. I don't know. We can't possibly know if he would have saved it or not. And that, I think, is probably what's what leads to this being called an offside. Is you, you know, we can't just make the assumption that a keeper would or, would or wouldn't save a ball. So he has had to jump over a player that's come in his path. Um, and then, yeah, it was a great finish from uh, Lopez. 
Was it Lopez? Yeah. yeah. Cracking finish. Yeah, uh, I'd like to have finish, seen man. it go down as a goal. Um, Deserved to be a goal. But yeah. I just, uh, yeah. I, I, I agree with you when you say we can't assume whether or not a goalkeeper can save a ball. And that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm trying to argue for. I'm, what I'm saying is Kalava himself needs to be playing in the game. And he doesn't. He kind of he doesn't jump over him. He spreads his legs so that Mork is just stuck in between him, of him, basically. Mm. Yeah. And, I, I mean, and if you want to jump across, because I know we're not going to do much FA Cup, but the Leeds-West Ham decision of uh, an, an interfering player in an offside position you know, if they're not calling it in the Premier League, when they look at it, the VAR with a similar thing, I mean, Jared Bowen runs straight over the top of the ball, doesn't touch the ball, is not deemed to be impacting what the goalkeeper's doing. So that's, that's what I initially thought. That, and I thought it should be a goal because, not because of that, because it happened later, but in that similar vein. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't want to be looking to like UK refereeing <laughs> decisions <laughs> as a guide for what should and shouldn't be called because well, I think it was I think horrible it was Jared, itself. It was Jared Gillett on the on the Valcon. Yeah. So in that game, I remember the I remember in that game the commentators. We've jumped away from Adelaide now, but in that West Ham Leeds game, that disallowed offside goal, the commentators were completely flattened by the decision. They yeah. sounded so. They sounded so like disheartened and flat about it because they were just like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like they just because they don't understand either. Um, yeah, I I think offside's the right call. Um, and because it was offside, it all that meant is we got to see the keeper, uh, who we talked about last week, carry on like a wanker. That was last he week. Really, he and really. And then this is. week, this week he carried on again like a wanker. And then we got to have that brilliant moment of Goody scoring and giving it to the victory fans. And yeah, big uh, fuck off. He's say, saying, uh, fuck off, vamos. <laughs> vamos, fuck off. And All getting one, sent off. Maybe just vamos. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it gave us that great Goody moment. So I guess quickly as well, just before I go to you for your thoughts on that. Um, people all over the internet absolutely losing their mind that Craig Goodwin's goal should have been the winner. Uh, but football doesn't work like that. God, um, if the equaliser from Lopez is given, Craig Goodwin probably doesn't score that goal. That's not how, like the ball's in a different spot. The game's different. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree with you. And that's, um, that's a very Christopher Nolan way of thinking. <laughs> Every single little permeation of time will create a different outcome. Yeah, I, no, I agree with you. You can't say that that was going to be a winner because we had one rubbed out, but... Craig, your boy, Adelaide's best, Adelaide bred, four goals in a week. King. It's pretty good form. And doesn't he love it? Jesus, man. Yeah. If he puts that badge in his mouth again, <laughs> we're going to eat it. It's almost at the point where we get it. We understand. Yeah, we know you love Adelaide. It's cool. Yeah, he loves it. And I love seeing it. Um, seeing him score goals like that against uh, victory as well. And yeah. then just him Good giving them player. the uh, what do you call it when you flip them off like that? It's not giving them a finger, but you do the thing with your the arms. Bird. Oh yeah, what that, is that? that kind it of is... up yours with your arms. It is an up yours, um, yeah. <laughs> up your ass. Oh man, I love it. Hook that into my veins. <laughs> so good. That's... The best bit is he gives it to them, celebrates with the Adelaide fans, and then goes back for more. Puts the fans in his mouth and yeah. lets them know exactly who's here. But yeah, so take the point. 
take the point, happy with that, move on to uh, Man, uh, Man City, Melbourne City this weekend, the fucking City Football Group. Yeah, so I believe we have uh, we have a home game Saturday night and then a home game again Wednesday. Do you're, telling, you're telling the story I'm here, I'm telling mate. the story, am I? I'm locked uh, down for 10 days. I'm, I'm not even considering what's going on. Yeah, you are. Um, we definitely have a home game Saturday night against... It's a double header as well. So make sure to get out to watch the girls because they are lighting it up. They scored another yeah. really, really good goal. Um, I can't remember who they played, but Emily Condon, Jesus. Yeah. Her, her you know, improvision on the, on the edge of the box is unreal. It's yeah. Such good interplay. Yeah, absolute gun. Um, Chelsea Dorber smashes him away too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dylan Holmes back on the score sheet too. Back in Adelaide. Yep. Beautiful. Go the Reds. Um, just looking at the fixtures I've got here, yeah, Adelaide United, Melbourne City, this Saturday at home. And then according to the fixtures, we play Wednesday night at home as well against Western <sighs> Sydney Wanderers. But I don't know. Well, you may not because I don't know <laughs> what's happening with these other teams and the COVID and like all it's of these call. fixtures can change in a matter of hours. So uh, good just, just have, kind of have to keep watching the space, I guess. There's already two games or three games postponed for this round coming up. So, yeah, yeah. you're exactly right. Uh, we're just going to have to finish this season in August. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't mind it. I just want <laughs> to talk not, quickly. Nothing else happens in August. <laughs> yeah, go on. I just want to talk quickly about... Uh, so he is copping some criticism this week for his. He? he got sent off. Um, I understand he didn't have a great game on the weekend, uh, but I saw a couple of uh, a couple. I guess we call them. Should we call them rival football pages? Um, yeah, every time. Every in time. Adelaide. Yeah, it's just a bunch of. Oh, other in guys. Adelaide. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> <Maybe not. laughs> um, I thought you. Took, I thought you were going to talk about uh, for fuck's sake or something like that. Nah, 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 nah. I'm talking about... Um... All right, no. Fuck these guys too, brothers. <laughs> no, they're okay. It's just, I read an article. I read <laughs> an article about... Down. I read an article, if you're done, about Isaias uh, not being good this year, being bad. And uh, what should we do with him? What do we do with him? He's not been good. What does Carl Viet do? He's got a problem for the manager. Uh, I just thought it was a load of rubbish, really. I think Isaias has been excellent. I'm not going to go as far as excellent. I think he's been okay. I think there is definitely a down. Um, there's like a downfall to the to the one day is AES pivot. That may be more down to Calvert's tactics and the way that we set up with two rotating DMs like that. And we just, we leave the other central midfielder so exposed. And this is probably where our lack of creative ability comes from is the persistence with these two at DM. But then you look on the bench and you think, oh, who are we going to bring on instead? Like, Dorigo's a, similar, Dorigo's a similar player, but is he more creative? I don't think so. That's the thing. It all comes back to not having creative attacking midfielders. Um, in all the, most of the games that we've seen, especially the ones we've seen live, um, Isaiah seems to run the show. He kind of dictates the ball where it goes. Mm. The problem is his influence is limited when he's not, He's not got anyone to feed the ball to that's going to create any more of an opening. Um, we see it so many times. We are really good at keeping the ball and having the opposition camped in their half, but they just look comfortable sitting there while uh, we, we knock the ball around the back and then we give it into Izzy and he turns around and he looks for someone, tries to move. And there's just not a whole lot going for him. But I, I think he's been really good running the show a lot. 
He didn't have a great game against Melbourne, fine. But uh, yeah, I just think be, I just wanted to talk about that because I really like Izzy. I also really like Izzy. When we're at our best, um, like against Wellington, where we were just doing whatever we wanted, you could see his influence on the game. Yeah. And so I, I think it is maybe more of the fact we're not utilizing him properly again, which is just it's just bonkers. Look, <laughs> I still I think I just question overall. I just question the um, like why did we sign him and or Juan Day? Like, did we need them both to come we in? We don't need them got, both. When we've yeah. got Dorigo there, um, yeah. when we need probably a fullback, when we need probably an attacking midfielder, maybe a striker, you know, um, just seemed bizarre. Yeah. But, you know, this is the this is the cards that we've been dealt now. So we got to roll with it. And there's got to – got to cut one, I think. you got to cut one to move forward. Yep. Fair. Would and you, you play- know it's going to be one day. <laughs> I'd probably be playing one day at the back over bloody trap. This is the thing. I, I like the idea of one day playing center back. Yeah, we spoke yeah. about this before. He wasn't great when he did it that one time, but I, you know, if he does it more, I think he'd become more accustomed. I think he'd be fine. I think he'd be better than chat there. For sure. For sure. And who, you know, oh, that was another good point about the Melbourne game. Really good to see a couple of uh, new boys come off the bench and make their debuts. Uh, Bar, obviously, and Iroquinda as well. Yeah, good. We'll hopefully see more of them in the coming weeks if games are allowed to go ahead. Um, so we finally found that Ben Hallen, we knew he was leaving. It, uh, everything's all official now. Said, they said his goodbyes yesterday on Facebook and stuff. Mm, um, heartfelt. Heartfelt. Adelaide's his club, apparently. He's the club for him. All right, mate. His only um, club. What do we think... On reflection, Ben Halloran's time in an Adelaide shirt, where do you stand? I would give him a very strong 7 out of 10. I don't think he's been the superstar that potentially he should have been. Um, I think he may now actually be at the peak of his powers and that's when we're losing him, which is probably the most distressing part because we spent a lot of pods last season really ripping into Halloran saying he needs to especially because he's a senior player and supposed to be one of the best players, actually lead from the front and perform every week. And now he finally does it and he takes a big money move elsewhere. Yeah. Well, like I think that kind of reflects his time at Adelaide United. Uh, not really, you know, he starts stringing together a lot of good performances and playing really well and he gets the move straight away. Yeah, so, and takes um, it. Runs. This, this should have been... I don't know. This is what I hoped from him in his entire time with Adelaide. Yeah. I would probably give him a seven as well. I wanted to be harsher and give like a six and a half out of 10. Cause there were lots of periods where he was just rubbish and not, um, you know, not, not effective. doing the job you'd expect him to do, not being effective, doing that thing where he, he falls over every time someone, he goes shoulder to shoulder with someone or just shit like that. <laughs> but then, but then we'd have games where he's just absolute quality and his finishing was great. Um, it was very dangerous in and around the box. Uh, just I would have liked to have seen it more often from him. Um, I don't begrudge him going to Korea for the money. Uh, yeah, neither do I. Not yeah. at all. Um, do your thing. Yeah. I think the the heartfelt, um, you know, outgoing message. I really like that last sentence. Was I hope I can come back one day? And I think he's looking at some of the other players like Goodwin and Isaias and thinking, oh shit. I can just come back here when I've made my cash overseas. Definitely. That's what he's doing. He's trying to pivot his way back mm. to Adelaide for easy cash when he gets home. 
Interesting. I think it's just PR. Yeah, yeah, potentially. It's just it's a standard thing these days for players to go, oh, I love this club, I love the fans, I always love it. Potentially. I think Hope he's I got can a come back one day. He's got a heightened chance of coming back because we do readily accept yeah. old players <laughs> when they're former legends. You get like some um, you know, someone from some random league and they'll they get a move, like I don't know, <laughs> they'll get a move to like a third division Belgian side. And talk about it being a dream come true. Like, I've always dreamed of playing no, for this not. club. No, it's not. You've never always dreamed of playing for Genk. Shut up. It was like those guys when they first joined the City Revolution. And they're like, I always dreamed of playing for Man City growing up. And then people would line up exactly how old they would have been growing up and be like, okay, so you're watching third division. Yeah. Uh, third division English football in Brazil. Are you nice? <laughs> Richard Dunn factor, probably. They probably all love Richard Dunn. Yeah. Stephen Ireland. There were some names back then, man. Let's uh, talk about some potential signings, not just in Adelaide, but we'll start with Adelaide. Um, this old mate, oh, I've lost his name. Where is he? Hiroshi Ibusuki. Oh, beautiful. The Japanese striker, 30 years of age, fine with that. Uh, striker, definitely fine with that. We probably need one. <laughs> probably. Six, six foot five, love that. Bit of height about you. Bit of how, off, how often do you get that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the averages on what, like the height of strikers in Japanese football or any football for that matter. Uh, my only concern at the moment, looking at his uh, his goals record, uh, it's Matt Simonish. It's How so? It's Matt Simonish. That's uh, not a good description. Twenty nineteen to twenty twenty, three goals in thirty four appearances oh. for Shonan Shonan Belmare. We're in the J League. Um, uh, first I guess the J League is probably, yeah, but I yeah. guess it's probably a better league than here. He was at Sevilla. He played one, made one appearance for Sevilla's first team. Uh, that's about the height of his career. Lots of spells of 60-odd game. A couple of 60-odd game spells where he scored 12 goals. I don't know. But I guess we've seen players with records similar to this come to the A-League and absolutely turn it on like your Barishas and co. Um, they come to come to the A-League and I guess the defending is maybe a drop below and they, they find mm. a way to score goals. So I'm going to be positive about this. Okay. I feel like the Adelaide curse is going to happen again. It's going to be a Sergi Guardiola situation where mm. a guy clearly exceedingly talented comes in, cannot do the job and then moves away again and oh. is just prolific elsewhere. I don't know if I can make the argument that this guy is clearly exceedingly talented. I think that's certainly was the case with Sergi Guardiola. I don't know about this guy. Mm-hmm. This is a very much a wait and see, but I want to be positive about it. There's been too many over the history, Sam. Agostino, Awusu. You know, these guys are actually... Romario. <laughs> yeah, Romario. Bring him back. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We could bring in Kazu. We could bring in Kazu. The man's still going at 54. We could not bring in Kazu. Yeah, the other one, a bit of invention. The other one uh, that's been talked about a lot, I don't know if there's been any progress on this, but um, Diego Castro. Well, I hope not. Personally, I hope not. Yeah, I'm glad you say that because I'm in the no camp as well. There's lots of yeses going around. More uh, than I thought, you know. Yeah, I, I do. The points people are making about uh, being in the pro Castro camp, I I do get it. I agree with their points. Uh, yes, he would be great in this side right now. 
right now. Um, he's the sort of player we're probably screaming out for. But are we screaming out for a player of that age that's going to be short-term impact? No. No, we're not. Because we're not going to do anything this season anyway. That's that's my point. Is I don't think this side's good enough to win anything with or without Castro. I don't think mm. Castro is going to be the difference. I'd rather be investing that time in someone uh, younger, getting the minutes into someone else, unless we can find you know a, a peak-aged attacking midfielder that's going to come and maybe stick around next year and maybe the year after. This is what's starting to um, like disorient me a little bit about the the strategy of blooding and playing young South Australians is the glut of overage Spaniards that are now entering the side. And that, you know, we, in our first 11, we do have a lot of senior players now. It's not really the schoolboys that were once discussed. We've got lots of old Spanish guys. Yeah, true. And we're signing people like Ansel and like Trat, and you're just yeah. thinking, wow, this is against the philosophy and it doesn't really make any sense for the, for the first team 11 because they're not that great. I would much rather us see, I'd much rather us play a young creative midfielder from South Australia. Which, yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> it's why I'm kind of torn on the Lachlan Brook situation, which looks all but done. Looks like a loan move coming back from Brentford. Probably a good move for us, but it, again, it's the same thing. He's going to leave eventually. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't know. I, I'd rather be giving minutes to him than Castro, though. Yeah, if it was just between those two, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. On the basis of, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out over there, which looks like it's not really, he could Difficult. potentially come Difficult. back here. They, did, they yeah. did go up. Like, oh, what, you just you wonder how determined the guy is, whether or not he would take a move, maybe down to League One or something like that and really try and get minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even know championship would take him at this point. Given that Riley McGree can, is struggling to find a championship club, I would say... Lachlan Brook would be a level below that at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Um, I hope I hope this comes through. Um, I'd love to see him get a bunch of minutes. Uh, could give us a few more options in that attacking third, maybe looking at him or Bernardo playing in like a more of a 10 role because Bernardo's been a gem. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, just, just a few more options. Um, good call. No, good call. I guess that's all for Adelaide, but on an Adelaide connection... In terms of potential signings, we can talk about Riley McGree, um, his movements in Europe, heavily linked this week, uh, both with Middlesbrough and Celtic. And then it reached a point where it looked like the deal with Celtic was pretty much done. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, with two or three days later, and uh, the Gola Kaka has not signed yet. Um, <laughs> and it looks like it looks like it'll be Borough. Probably be Borough at this point, yeah. Personal terms can be agreed. It's a shame. It's a shame because he probably would have learnt a lot more under Ange than he would under Tony Mowbray, for example. But the guy has just come out of four, uh, four months, five months in the championship, clearly feels he's at the level, yep. knows the competition. You know, if that's what he wants to do, then by all means, I support that. But I think yeah, that the absolutely. Celtic move would have been really fun, really fun. That would have been really fun. But I think uh, the better move is probably going to Bar. Mm. Very di- difficult to make the step from Celtic up after, like, if you're not going to be, he wouldn't have started every game at Celtic, and you you need to be if you want to move up after that. Um, and then you also get the people that like kind of disregard a lot of the things you do because it's against 
much lower opposition yeah. in the Scottish League. league. I yeah. think a move to Barrow would be good for him. I'd love to see him playing in the Premier League. And I'll get a shirt that says Gola Kaka on it if he joins the Premier League club. Whoever he plays for, I would probably also get a similar shirt because that would just be just such a crazy experience for Unless this guy. Spurs. I, you know, I'm not going to draw the line at anybody. Or Man United. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all, no, even Man United. Or Chelsea? Not Chelsea, but the other 19 nah. I would do. <laughs> I'm glad we've cleared that up. There's a few other moves in the Premier League this week. Uh, what the fuck has happened to Felipe Coutinho's career? What has yeah. happened? Come on, man. He's playing for shits and gigs now. It's all about the TikTok. It's all about the content. Yeah, just going to go and have a run. Just going to have a run around. Just go have a kick. Yeah, yeah it'll be fun. Hey, Felipe, come out for a kick. Yeah, I'll come out for a kick. Yeah, no worries, Stevie. You're 20, my mate. I know 28, what's going on. 28 mil, something like that. Was it 20 mil, 28? 28. I don't know. Did they sign know. him permanently? I thought it was a loan. You know what? Is it loan to buy? I've suddenly gone blank. I had this searched before and I looked at it and I've lost it, but whatever. He's playing Premier League. He's at Villa. I think he'll be all right. He's going to be good because they've been screaming out for the Jack Grealish replacement. And this guy is probably better than Jack Grealish. So oh, no, nah, he's not anymore. Ooh. He's not. You don't reckon? He was. I don't know. I reckon he was. Time. You get him gelled. Or oh, CBG knows his personality. Knows how Four to years him. ago. Mate, he's only 29. He's in his absolute peak still. This guy could light it I up think, again. I think his peak has got, been and gone because uh, he's had too much time out of regular football. I think Villa's probably his level now, to be honest. It's uh, Big call. It, it's uh, just uh, James Rodriguez all over again. <laughs> but all he's, right. should he's we, probably should, better. Should we make a, a four or six-pack bet on Philip Coutinho doing something? He'll get... Five goals, five assists by the end of the season. Five goals, five assists. Yeah, yeah, I think he would do. Oh, t- uh, I just, okay. I just don't think he's that, better than a, Gray- Graylish. Well, that's better than Graylish is doing. So, uh, no, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. How about how about Coutinho outperforms Graylish for the rest of the season? For the rest of the season. Yeah, that'll be the six pack. Oh, we'll come this back. Is tough. Coutinho is going to play more regularly. Graylish, is. Is. I'm just running through this in my head. Graylish uh, rotates a lot. We can plays do all on, plays on the we'll wing do, a lot. Graylish. We'll do all competitions if you like, so we can Graylish can have more games. Yeah. Nah, that's why right. I would just leave it. I'll just buy your six pack anyway because you're in ISO. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Coopers have brought out the four forty mil cans again. If you if you're doing this, cool. No one cares. Um, Newcastle. <laughs> How about Newcastle? They've uh, they've got the team in the world. They've got the money, so they're going out to buy. Real big superstar players that can come in and win them the Premier League, such as Chris Wood. <laughs> Three goals all season, Chris Wood. A fat Kiwi. Could you imagine being a Newcastle fan, the one that bought in, put the super towel on their head and went to the game, thought, yeah, I'm all for this. 25 million pounds on Chris Wood. Yeah. It's, it's obscene. It's, it is only... <laughs> It's only 10 million more than Burnley paid Leeds for him, for Christ's sake. What is going on? It's, uh, it's a lot of money for a guy like this. I can understand Burnley cashing in because they're like, what? You want to give us what? Well, you want to give us what for him? This is a good question because they, uh, Chris Wood is Burnley's top scorer over the last five years. And they are in the same relegation battle. So 
Do you think they want to lose him? I don't know. I was getting to that. I don't think they want to lose him, but 20 mil is 20 mil for a club like Burnley. Who can you know, they bring in? If it didn't happen now, it was going to happen later. Eventually, yeah, exactly. Um, on the upside for Newcastle, I guess it's just throwing some cash at weakening a relegation opponent. Yeah, if that's how this is going to play out, if I that's can't how they to need see. to they need to stay up in the Premier League and then go for it hard again next year. You know, whatever. Good luck to them. Oh, man. It yeah. sounds like they're going to give a hundred million pounds for Calvin Phillips. Is what I'm getting at. That's not happening. You want you want a weekend relegation candidates? Come on, <laughs> come on. Leeds are here. We play them in a couple of weeks. Why not? What do maybe you want? They'll, maybe they'll take Rafinha. Nah, they can have um, they can have Rodrigo if he's ever fit. They can have Ailing. Mm, come on, let's not get silly. Uh, he's he's average. You can't take. Oh, we're not getting into this. He works you can't hard. take the hard soul. Yeah, that's yeah. what I like about him. Um, <laughs> they don't need a right back anyway because they got my boy Kieran Trippier. Exactly. Yes, I'm. I really like this. Uh, they got laughed at a bit for signing Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier got laughed at a bit for going there, but this guy is. I think he gets underrated all the time. But we said this during the Euros. He is underrated all the time by the Premier League snobs because he wasn't playing in the Premier League. He was at Atletico. He's the current La Liga champion. Um, good player. Good footballer. Very good right back. I think he's a, he's a handy first step to take. He'll yep. bring a lot of experience to that back line that is not good. No, exactly. A little bit of uh, just structure and cool-headedness and experience. He was playing pretty much every game for Atletico as well before he moved. So this yep. is that is a good signing for Newcastle. Worlds above Chris Wood up front, I tell you. Yep. Who's oh fuck? I remember I read something about Newcastle closing on someone else now as well. And it was someone equally as average as Chris Wood. And you just wonder, is this how the transfer window is going to play out for these guys? Can't recall. I've done no. some uh nah, can't recall. No. I've been looking around. Uh, I just, I really don't, I never buy into all the transfer stuff. I never really look at the transfer news. I wait until like official Twitter feed, like official clubs yeah. have announced the signing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many Celtic pages have been posting about Riley McGree and then like you're just waiting for the actual Celtic page to post something and they haven't. So you're like, oh, well, it's, well, it's not done. Like, otherwise, it's not and it's probably otherwise not Otherwise we'd say it. Um, yeah. Unless you've got any other transfers, that's about all I've got. Yeah, I think that about wraps it up so far. There's a few to come, though, I bet. Sweet. So we can talk about the best league in the world then, just briefly. Yeah. Uh, what are we the attributing best, it to this week? The best England, league surely. in the world. FA Cup fixtures. Is that what oh, we're talking about? Oh, you think so? <laughs> talking about Arsenal getting beat by Forest or oh, you reckon? Newcastle getting beat by Cambridge? No? Oh, you reckon? Best league in the world. <laughs> uh, where are we looking then? I can't, I can't think of one. Easily. The greatest and most undisputed league in the world is Syria. And I will not hear anything else. I couldn't, I can't believe we've reached this point in global football or even just European football that the Serie A is more entertaining to watch than any other top flight. It's incredible. It, ridiculous, man. Where, how have, did we get here? I'll have no more of this talk about it being a defensive league. I'll have Yo, no more talk about it being boring. Um, if you think it's boring just because there's more technically good players and not a bunch of guys that are really fit and run fast and hoof the ball up and down the pitch. It's strong, yeah. Like, that doesn't make entertaining football. Serie A is entertaining football. 
they came back last week after they have like a public holiday over there. I forgot what it was called, but they, they always have a bunch of games on it after Christmas, after New Year's. So okay. they came back for that and like five of the games were postponed because of COVID. Um, and by postponed, I mean the health authorities told teams they couldn't go, but the league said you have to play. So what happened is one side had to show up to the ground. So the team that wasn't being told to isolate showed up to the ground, waited till the 45-minute mark of when the game was meant to have been played, uh, 45 minutes from that, and then the match is officially abandoned and now goes to the Serie A to make a decision on whether clubs will be given the three points uh, for, for a forfeit, which is... Uh, for a forfeit. It's happened they before. It happened with uh, Juve, Napoli. Uh, it's, it's completely ridiculous. It's farcical. On one hand, we've got the Premier League postponing games left, right, and centre. And then we've got Serie A refusing to postpone games and just telling teams you're forfeit if you're not there. Mm, well, not official yet. Not officially forfeited yet, but okay. they were officially abandoned for one team not showing up. I would imagine that it is a forfeit um, just because of, you know, if the, if the opposition team was there, it's going to be hard to rule it not as a forfeit. We, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and what is a better line of, you know, taking COVID as like an effect on football matches. I feel like they've both gone the extreme left and right here. And there's, there's a sensible middle ground to take where you inquire with sides beforehand, whether they have a team that they can field. And if they don't, then you take it to an arbitration process, which is the, you know, in the Premier League, they've literally just been asking them, can you field a team? And you say yes or no. And if you say no, then they postpone and get the game. Yeah. And then conversely, Italy's like, well, if you don't show up, you're not going to play. So you're not going to... There's a middle ground here that is very sensible yeah. that should be taken. <laughs> there has to be. I can't believe somewhere. this is happening. Yeah. Um, what, did, what did Inter do? Did they kick the ball around just for 30 well, minutes? When I, or... when I tuned in, Inter were doing their usual kind of warm-up, which then turned into a, a long training session. Yeah. where they never went back in the room. They stayed out there having like a half-pitch training session. And then as the game was about to kick off, they packed up and they went inside, I guess, and got changed. And then just okay. waited waited till the 45th minute for it to be officially abandoned. But yeah. yeah. So here we are. I've just been talking up how good the league is and then we've just shit on it. <laughs> but Look, Okay, they've got organisational issues, but the quality do. when the games are on, oh boy. Yeah. So in terms of the actual football, that very same night that that happened, we saw Lazio played Empoli at home and were like 2-0 down after 10 minutes. And then it was 2-1 by 15. Ended in like a, it was a 3-all draw um, with some missed penalties and just crazy shit happening. The next week, same again, just goals galore across so many games and ending with the Roma v Juve game on, uh, was it Monday morning? Monday morning, yeah. Absolutely sensational. Incredible. Ridiculous entertainment. To think that this is what the Italian league serves up now, it is far superior to what we're seeing in the Prem right um, at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, Roma found themselves 2-0 up. Juve worked their way back 2-1. Then it was 3-1. And then in the space of like five minutes, Juve scored three goals to be 4-3 up. And then... Uh, Pellegrini, Roma captain, missed a penalty with not long to go that could have made it four all. So a couple of big losses in a row for Jose Mourinho. Yeah, uh, it's 
funny because I was looking at the goal scorers and it's like we're talking up the Serie A, but some of the goal scorers on the Roma side, Tammy Abraham, Henrik Mkhitaryan, you know, they are English players or players that have graced the English Premier League recently. Also, Jose Mourinho, famously known for managing English sides. Of course, Italian as well. But the quality of this game, the ebb and flow, it, and because the title race is so open and all of these games actually are counting for something rather than all of these teams trying to play catch up with one outstanding team, it is head and shoulders a much, a much better league to watch. There's some great goals in this as well. Yeah, great goals, great football. Um, and it's, it's been across the board this season. With, at the style of play for most teams is very open, mm. like looking to attack, score goals, uh, but not in just the fashion of just like, let's see how fast we can sprint for 90 minutes and pump the ball up the field and chase it, like shit look, like I that. Mean, look, I enjoy the athleticism of the Premier League for sure. But like you said uh, in your intro for this, the technical aspect of the game and the coaching as well is just, it's another level. And it, I feel like it is more even from top to bottom. You always used to say the Premier League, anybody can beat anybody. That is, that's not true in the Premier League. Not, you know, Norwich is not beating any of the top six teams. Neither is Watford. Like, no. It just hasn't happened this season. Neither of Leeds. Neither of Newcastle. Like, it's just not going to happen. But yeah. in Serie A now, that is what is happening. And it is making for a more entertaining product. Yeah. It's got the, um, they've got the like most goals per game of all the top five European leagues this season. Do they really? There you I go. know goals doesn't always equate to um, goals doesn't always equate to entertainment, I guess, or doesn't, which, which doesn't is, always, it, it does, but doesn't always equate to good football. Yeah, that's uh, it. But we should check a very the, biased um, Serie A lover. I just think it's good. Exactly. Football. Check the um, accumulative uh, XG and that'll, that will signify whether or not it's a good league. You know where you can shove your XG. Did you want to talk about anything in the FA Cup? No, nothing more than just laughing at the big teams getting beat. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I still Newcastle. I still, I still don't rate this competition. I just I don't know that it has a place in the modern sphere of football, and I think they've they haven't really worked on it, and they've just kind of let it dissipate to a point where it means a lot for the fans, sure, and lower league teams that can knock off bigger sides in round three and round four. But beyond that, this competition is, I don't know. Of course you'd say that after Leeds got knocked out. God, of course you would. Potentially. I mean, Leeds don't traditionally do well in the FA Cup unless it's the 70s. And even then, there's only one. So. Yeah, I don't, we went over this last year, I think, when at a certain yeah, point. Did. But <laughs> I, I've got time for the FA Cup. We could do without the League Cup probably in between. Um Liverpool going to whinge and get it postponed anyway, <clears throat> whatever. Exactly. We'll never play the final. Don't at me, Liverpool listeners. Don't at me. You know they will. Salty um, little. But yeah, I didn't see really any of the FA Cup because I just didn't care. I'll wait till the later rounds. Anyway, Thank you. whatever. Doesn't matter. Just quickly before we go, we touch on AFCON. Mm, have, you caught, mm-hmm. have you caught any AFCON? Um, just the clip of the guy, you know, his foot above the opposition player's knee, sliding in and taking him out in the first 30 seconds of the opening game. But beyond that, I just feel like it's going to be a great tournament based on that. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've been struggling to find games on when I can, when I can watch them so far. I'm sure that'll change over the weekend. Um, the opening game, though, <laughs> did catch some of that. 
was, yeah, was. Uh, Cameroon and Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso one nil up uh, for a while, and just <laughs> some absolutely laughable defending to a, to give Cameroon two penalties and Cameroon one because they got two penalties, two one done. Simple like, as that. Like laughably. <laughs> bad slide tackles in the box that were nowhere near getting the ball, like coming in from miles away, like Sol Campbell style slides. You know where that video of him sliding like 30 meters? Yeah, legitimately 30 meters. <laughs> kind of like that. Um, and they're doing it on those dry African decks. Brilliant. Yeah. And then we had like, uh, what was the other game? I saw another game, Senegal versus, I think it was Zimbabwe. Okay. And Senegal probably should have won like 10 nil. You know, they got like Sadio Mane up there. Yeah, um, proper, proper football Zimbabwe team. holding on for dear life the whole game and then copping a 94th minute penalty after a guy kind of, he kind of jumps in front and does that slide thing where he kind of, mm. he lifts his elbow up a bit and the shot strikes his arm. So it's handball, it's a penalty. Uh, Mane scores the penalty and Senegal win. So that was that. And then this morning we had the great story from this morning was um was it Sierra Leone? Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone drawing nil all. I've lost my my bloody where's it gone? I had it right <laughs> here. <laughs> they drew nil all with last uh the defending champions Algeria. Algeria, yeah. Yeah. And the goalkeeper Mohamed Kamara got man of the match. He made like seven saves in this game. Uh, I've seen people describe him as like a defender with arms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> his style of play, playing like a defender with art that can use his arms. Like, okay, whatever. Um, okay, good. <laughs> but it's just a nice story because obviously Sierra Leone are not really a renowned footballing nation and up against the defending champs, Algeria, yeah, yeah. to get a draw in the first game. He got man of the match and broke down in tears afterwards. He's 22 years of age, young Mohamed uh, Kamara. So that's just a nice wholesome story to finish on this week that is a good story it had been something like 25 years 35 years since sierra leone last qualified for one of these tournaments so yeah you know to see them perform so well against such a heavyweight tournament favorite it's great yeah it's great that's why we like tournament football for stories like this yeah i love a good continental tournament um there's lots of like we'll we'll probably focus more on it in when it gets in towards the later rounds there's lots of games which um you know Without, I guess, not being disrespectful to African nations, but we just Here don't we watch. We don't watch a lot of their football, I guess. So we don't know a lot of oh, these, these players <laughs> in countries like Equatorial Guinea, uh, Mauritania, so Guinea, Guinea Bissau. So we just keep an eye on it. Watch the scores. Watch the highlights. It's good fun. And then when it gets to the later rounds, we'll dig in a bit more. I think. Yep, All right, I can commit to that. Although you're really underestimating my Equatorial Guinea knowledge. Am I? Keen, I'm an avid watcher of any side that resides upon the Equinor. I like it. Who's your favourite player in the Cape Verde First Division? Uh, possibly Bubakar. Don't, don't, don't just don't make up a name. Don't make up a name. Don't do that. No, I was giving you a real player. Okay. Had exceptional XG in the previous game. XG, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. I agree, yeah. Should we leave it there? <laughs> this has turned, in, turned into a farce. 
No, it hasn't. You asked me my favorite Equatorial Guinea player, and I gave it to you. So, Shut no up. one fact check us. No one. Shut up. That'll Please do. Don't. I'm not talking to you again for a week. To you're done with ISO, and we record next week. Do, right? This is what I'm. Do. I'm climbing the walls. I've gone a little bit stir crazy. Yep. All right. Bye. <laughs> See you.